You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We've got Kyle Shanahan's post-game press conference from Monday talking about what he saw on the field. He watched the tape now and some hints about not only preseason week three, but regular season week one. And Croc and I have been working on a trade idea. We're going to throw it out there here on the air. I put it on Twitter already, so some of you might already know where we're going with this. And it involves the team playing Monday Night Football, the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight. Let us know what you think. At BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. I do want to tell you guys real quick about the Locked On Podcast Network Ultimate Season Preview. Every team and every division, with help from Odyssey, lineup of experts follow the ultimate season preview 2021 it's its own separate feed on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts tune in to that it's a week-long event beginning august 30th get pumped for the 2021 regular season kyle shanahan croc not tipping his hand on who the starting quarterback will be in week one i think we all know it's going to be jimmy garoppolo right but he's left the door open and more than anything he's trying to get the detroit lions to prepare for two quarterbacks, I think is essentially what's going on there. And he said there's no advantage to naming the starting quarterback for week one right now, but I I really feel like it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo because why would Jimmy Garoppolo have gone through this whole thing only to replace him with Trey Lance just before week one? I think they got a plan and they want to bring Lance along slowly. Do you, you feel any differently hearing Kyle's comments today as you did yesterday? Because after the game, you said you would start Trey Lance, but that you think Kyle is going to start Jimmy G. Yeah, I think I think he is going to start Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's very interesting the fact that he feels the need to name a starter for a situation where there was no quarterback competition. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been a starter all along, according to Kyle Shanahan, mm. but now all of a sudden he has to name a starter instead of just saying, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo has been our guy this whole time. He's still the starter. That hasn't changed, and he's going to be the starter week one. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to be fair to Trey Lance and give him that opportunity week three to maybe, hey, go out there and convince me and see if you can, but it was it was definitely interesting to hear him not commit to Jimmy Garoppolo for week one. He, I think it's Kyle being coy, but and he did say that the starters were going to play a lot. It's going to be the the dress rehearsal in week three for the regular season. So we might see some Kittle. We might even see a little Bosa. Probably not. But we're going to see a lot of the other starters that have been held out in this game coming up here against the Las Vegas Raiders in week three of the preseason. So that's fun. So does that mean whoever starts that game is going to start preseason or the regular season, week one? That's usually how it goes. So Depending on how they split the reps with the quarterbacks. Now, now say the starters playing a full half. But what if they give Garoppolo a quarter and Trey Lance a quarter? That's how you know it's a competition. competition. Yeah, exactly. That's well said because, uh, and Garoppolo's only gotten two series in the preseason. Right. Played one series in both, and he had a nice long 15-play drive in the uh, the second game, but it took almost the entire full first quarter. But he still only had one series of work in each game. If they treat him like the starter, he'll probably play the entire half, and then Lance will play the second half or something like that. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. 
Kyle did say that he was impressed with the way Lance recovered from throwing the picks and referenced that he'd only thrown one pick in a game since high school. So he's got to learn to deal with some of those things and, and you know, that it's a huge jump from one double A to the NFL and that he was impressed with how Lance improved on some things as the game progressed, not didn't have to go back and watch it on film and then fix it later. He fixed it during the game. So uh, I, you and I talked about how we were impressed with that. Kyle was also impressed with that from Trey Lance on Sunday. He did say, though, that it was fair to say that Trey Lance was throwing the ball too hard on some throws. And he said essentially it was his more mind than anything else. It's like if he sees it faster, he won't feel the need that he has to fire everything in there. And I think that's the kind of hint. That's the kind of hint, though, where Kyle's saying he's not seeing it fast enough yet. Or, you know, he's working too fast. So he's firing in because he's not seeing it. And once he sees it quicker, then he can sort of layer in some throws because he's seeing the field and the game is slowing down for him. So that's kind of a hint that he's not ready to start. Well, I think that's what we said yesterday, right? Like Mm -hmm. we talked about how he's seen things late and then feels the need to fire the ball in there. When he was playing in the rhythm, he did fire it in there, but it still was just much more in rhythm and a more catchable ball. So uh, definitely helping him see things, uh, you know, sooner post-snap will help him all the way around. You know, I have my guy Greg Pinelli on QB Monday on Crock Talk TV this morning, and we talked about that, and I said, you know, saw some of the, you know, the misses by Trey Lance and, you know, compare that to Josh Allen because, you know, my guy, he, he trained a lot. He trained Josh Allen a lot since he was in high school, college, uh, some NFL as well when whenever he's in the uh, Central Valley. And he was he was kind of alluding to that too. Like he was like, man, Josh Allen had way worse misses <laughs> than Trey Lance. He was like, man, I mean Josh Allen was it was bad. And a lot of it was because he didn't know what he was seeing post snap. And you're trying to make up with it with all pure arm talent. And your feet get all messed up and everything else is just all out of whack. And you just miss passes that you shouldn't. And I think that's what we're seeing with Trey Lance. Now the difference is Trey Lance has He's on the team with Jimmy Garoppolo, where Josh Allen, I don't even know who the starting quarterback was, but he didn't start for the first, like, five games of his rookie year. Eventually, he got in there, and he had a huge learning curve. We're talking about somebody who threw 52 – he completed 52% of his passes as a rookie, 58% of his passes as a in his second year. So it wasn't great, and I think everybody sees what Josh Allen is now, and they forget some of the struggles that he had to play through. And even through that, they still were a playoff team in his second year, so – uh, Trey Lance obviously has some early misses, but it was good to see him correct them right away. I'm trying to think of who was the uh, the only. <laughs> I always picture Rob Johnson from way back in the day with the Buffalo Bills. I'm trying to think of who the starting quarterback was that year. He said either Ooh. either Nathan Peterman, but he doesn't think oh, it was yeah. him. Peterman was there. Okay, here we go. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Matt Barkley. And uh, oh, this yeah, is a mishmash. This is ugly. So Matt Barkley started one game. Derek Anderson started two games. Okay, yeah. Nathan Anderson, Peterman started two games. And then Josh Allen started eleven games. Yeah, they started a lot of other guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. I forgot about Peterman. Did you see Peterman play like the entire game for the, the Raiders last week? Yeah, actually wasn't bad. I just can't get that. I can't shake that memory of him throwing five first half interceptions. I know. And remember, everybody thought uh, me included. We've been pretty wrong with Kyle Shanahan a lot of times because everyone's, it was sort of the Mac Jones thing, but it was Nathan Peterman. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. that's the Kyle Shanahan quarterback. You know, they're going to use to draft he's him. He's playing in the, third in the round. center. Yeah. yeah. And then he ended up drafting uh, CJ Beathard over him. He beat uh, uh, Deshaun Watson head to head. It does kind of lean more towards him not starting right away because Kyle Shanahan, but 
Shanahan kind of plays these Jedi mind tricks. I don't know. You just never know with him. He might say one thing and then just all of a sudden it's like, well, Jimmy's our starter, like, or Trey's our starter. Like, and you just. Yeah. We just saw it play out during the draft process, right? Right. He doesn't want to tell he, anybody anything. He specifically so, went into that that press conference giving the hint that that uh, Mac Jones was going to be the guy. Yeah, letting, letting that it, train roll out of control. Now, he did say one thing where it's like, you know, you want a quarter, a guy who can throw like Drew Brees but run like Lamar Jackson. That was one thing. But everything else was just like, it leaned definitely, it was like, almost like he has read Twitter. He read Twitter that whole time. Yeah. And knew how to kind of tailor this conversation towards it being Mac Jones who, who's going to pick. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it it sounds like he's leaning more towards Jimmy Garoppolo, but his actions kind of say something other than that. So I think we'll just have to see. I do like the Josh Allen comp for Trey Lance, though. I think that's a really good one. I think it's hard for people to kind of fathom that because of how great of a year Josh Allen just had. But when you just look at some of the issues that they had early on, uh, matched up with the talent that they possess, they do somewhat marry each other in the sense of kind of what you're looking at, you know, playing at the smaller school, even though Wyoming's, you know, is uh, FBS, but right. you know, it's a smaller school. Uh, it's not a power five. Josh Allen was pretty erratic there. I think you even have more consistency with uh, Trey Lance, but still different programs where Trey Lance, I mean, that's a powerhouse. Wyoming, definitely not. He was at a disadvantage most of the time with the power. And you could, you, could, you know, with the teams that he's playing and you could tell they put a lot on his shoulders and he kind of had to play backyard football a lot there, but, Heading into the NFL, he had some of those issues, some of the ugly, you know, accuracy games and things like that. And with Trey Lance right now, he's having some of those same things. I think the good thing for at least me to be able to reference Josh Allen and how he kind of got over it and to see before our eyes some of the things that Trey Lance kind of worked on during that game and kind of overcame those things. So you can see both sides of it, right? There's one side where it's like, wow, it's not seen the field well. Then you see the other side of it like, man, when he does see the field well, it looks terrific. And then, yeah, you know, he's probably somewhere in between where you have to figure out how to get him more towards the ladder. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if the thing is, is if when Trey Lance comes in and starts games, if he plays like Josh Allen did as a rookie, people will be jumping off the ship and saying, oh, I don't know about this guy. Right. Right. And, and Josh I Allen said was one that. of the best quarterbacks in the NFL like, last year. Josh Allen was never considered a bust or never going to be a bust. And I was like, people were really down on him after he started. Dude, his progression, even from year two to three, was so massive last year. Like People people were not convinced about Josh Allen going into his third year last year. The game slowed down for him. And that's what we're hoping for Trey Lance. But it's like, well, how long does that take? And does Kyle Shanahan have the patience? For and it that? might take three years, but he's got to play through some of it too, right? So and when within you, those when three years, though, within those three years, we also have to remember, like, Josh Allen did take that team to the playoffs in his second year, even though – because when you have that type of skill set, when you can still utilize your legs and still have the explosive plays, even if you have some inconsistencies with your accuracy or whatever – you're still able to win because you're just that type of physical talent. And I think you you can kind of get that same thing from Trey Lance, even rookie year, because this team is so good. Absolutely. All right. A couple more notes from Kyle Shanahan's press conference with the media Monday. And Croc and I have a little trade proposal out there. We'll see how y'all feel about that one next. 
It's that time of year again. All eyes turning back to football. The NFL teams are back on the gridiron to start the 2021 season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus promo code locked on be sure to take advantage of their opening day promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars. bet online is the fastest easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Talking a little bit off the air, Croc, about some of the throws Trey Lance made in that game. And it does sound like Kyle Shanahan's a little bit perturbed about the drops that are happening right now with his wide receivers. He was specifically asked about Ayuk. And I think he was putting most of those incompletions that, you know, 49ers Twitter was arguing. Is it the quarterback? Was it Jimmy? Was it Trey? Was it the receivers? Sounds like Kyle's putting it on the receivers more than anything. And he said, specifically, he was asked about Ayuk, and he said, yeah, Ayuk needs to get better with drops. Basically, he never wants to see any. He doesn't think his wide receiver should ever drop a ball. And so he wants to see him better with that. But he did say that in some of those laser throws from Trey Lance, he could make it easier on his receivers, too, if he wasn't throwing as hard in short quarters. Right. And I think if you ask the receivers as well, they'll tell you that they have to catch those yeah. passes. Right now, me, I mean, just a talking head, we're talking on the podcast. I'd say, like, no, nah, like, those are difficult. And it is hard to catch some passes with mustard. But talking to uh, my guy, Greg Pinelli, this morning, and he was like, you know, is, what does the receiver say? Hey, man, don't throw so hard. Like, you know, like, you can't, you <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. say that as a receiver. You just have to catch the ball. Right. No, that's, that's a great point. And <laughs> don't throw it so hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the receivers, it's a little bit of both, you know. They could they could help out. They could help each other out. Make easier throws that are make make throw balls that are easier to catch. And wide receivers, you got to catch it when your hands are on them. But you got to make some plays, and you got to adjust your body, and you you got to come down with some of those throws, man. High and over the middle, man. I'm always going to give the receiver kind of the not saying you're scared, but I I understand kind of trying to figure out what's on the other end of yeah full, being oh, fully extended over sure. the middle. Go fully extended over the middle of the field has got to be difficult in the NFL. And it's funny because Jimmy, after the game, pretty much said, yeah, I got to get that down. That that was a high throw. And then Kyle, after the game, says, no, I'm not putting that on Jimmy at all. <laughs> Put it on the I, I think it's because in just like we were just talking about off air, there are misses and then there are just, you, would you you know, you call it what general Yeah, there's accuracy? like, there's general accuracy, then there's pinpoint accuracy. Are you throwing it in the exact right. spot? Are you throwing a guy open? Are you uh, hitting the exact hole you're trying to throw it on the right side of the guy's body? And then there's general accuracy where, you know, they can get their hands on it, but you would like it to be in a better spot. Right. And and that's a big difference between just missing where you just, where your air mailing passes over guys' heads, throwing it out of bounds. We saw some of that with Kaepernick late in his time with the 49ers. So we're not seeing those type of misses. We're just seeing more general accuracy passes instead of the pinpoint, which we did see the pinpoint on Trey Lance's second touchdown. I mean, that was as pinpoint as it gets. But Talanoa Hufanga, another solid showing for the 49ers. And Kyle said, you know, he's putting him himself to at least be competing for starting strong safety position while Tart is out. And Tart's looking more and more like he's going to start the season on the pub list. 
Man, I, I love it. Again, a guy that I was not high on coming out. I was confused with what he was going to be. Is he a tweener? Is he athletic enough? Didn't really look like it all the time on film. But talk about taking advantage of the opportunity, man. And I understand, like, what it is coming in with maybe low expectations, at least, you know, from the outside yeah. perspective. And him coming in and just saying, you know what? You, you want to have Turtle, Tart, uh, Wilson, you want to have to be out. Jefferson, you have a growing injury. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. And now... I mean, they're talking about somebody that's potentially a starter. Now, we did say kind of – I don't want to say pump the brakes, but if teams start scheming, like game planning for him and around what – and trying to single him up and put him in vulnerable situations, how will he react then? Because that's a little tougher. But just overall, in general, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. And the league is really skewing toward putting some serious pressure on players like that. So we'll see – when he is tested more because he hasn't really been tested in coverage so far but he does do look remember, really good coming downhill do you remember that safety gosh lorenzo jerome was that his name he came 49ers got him undrafted i mean he was killing in the preseason i'm like oh my gosh like this dude's balling he's looking so good and he pl- like played like one or two games and then they just like cut him <laughs> like, lorenzo jerome what year was this I think that was his name, Lorenzo Jerome, 2017. I think it was the first year with Shanahan and those guys. He came from a small school, undrafted guy, but he like got like a couple starts or something. I mean, but in the preseason, he was balling. I mean, he looked good. He was playing fast. He was running around, and then he he got some tick, and and then he, then he was just gone. I don't remember him at all, but his uh, I just Googled him, and it said people also search for Kendrick Bourne and Elijah Lee, so undrafted free agents from around the same, same year, time. Probably. Right? Yeah. yeah, same year. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Jerome. I don't know why that one doesn't ring a bell. That's interesting. Yeah. he. I mean, he flashed in preseason. I mean, he looked good. I was like, oh, this looks like a player. Like, And then, oh, yeah, small school guy. Was he yep. wearing like 49 or something like that? He had an ugly number yeah. to start. I think he I think once season came, I think he was able to get out of that number. But yeah, he I mean, and they just boom, cut him. Didn't bring him back to practice squad, practice squad, nothing. Just gone. Yeah, that's starting to ring a bell. It was really weird. It. it was a strange situation, but But how I mean, how about these 49ers and their fifth round picks? So Hufanga's looking solid. Um yeah, and really how about this stat? This is from our friend Jeff Dini at Pro Football Focus. Diamador Lenore has been targeted six times this preseason and has a passer rating allowed of, I'll give you a hint, it's the same number as Aaron Banks' pass blocking grade. <laughs> zero dot zero. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff, man. And he, I mean, he's competing. He's playing. Uh, you know, cornerback, it's, a, it's sometimes a hard position to really stand out, you know, if you're not targeted. But, I mean, he's been targeted. And he's making plays on the ball. I mean, and he's there. He's right there. He's contesting stuff. He had to guard more vertical routes in that Chiefs game than, I mean, they were just taking shots and shots and shots, and he held up nicely. So, man, remember, this is a guy everybody was like, oh, he's a nickel. He's a nickel. And even I said, like, he's kind of his physique and his kind of high-end athleticism says more nickel, but he's playing very well on the outside. A little bit of both probably as a reserve. He's going to be able to – jump in when needed for the 49ers who knows maybe he has to start week one if Mosley's hamstring can't get right and then the other fifth round pick Jalen Moore played like the entire game at left tackle 
and held his own at left tackle. Like, not not bad for the young man, the fifth rounder. I think the 49ers really like what they're seeing with him. And Shanahan said they would have used him at guard if they had n- numbers and in school wouldn't have gotten hurt, basically. He'd probably have been playing guard in camp all this time, but they needed numbers at tackle, so they tried him at tackle, and he's holding his own. It's looking like he's going to be the swing tackle for the 49ers this year. So, yeah, wow. I beat against the Chiefs around the edge that one time, mm-hmm. but... Aside from that, I think he has played relatively well for, you know, where he was drafted. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next, we, we didn't get to it in that segment, but we've got to talk about this trade proposal, Croc, that you and I both think could work. It's not going to happen, but it it makes sense, to me at least. We'll get into that next, maybe a couple more of your listener questions. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Croc, I think we both have this stamp of approval on this one. By the way, the Jaguars game, we're recording this Monday night. It's about to start. C.J. Henderson listed on the Jacksonville Jaguars depth chart with the third team. What's going on with the first rounder from 2020? The 49, at least he's on the field. The 49ers can't get their first first round pick from 2020. Javon Kinlaw on the field. We've talked about how deep the 49ers are at defensive tackle. I don't know what's going on in the headspace of CJ Henderson, but there's reports that they're willing to listen to offers for CJ Henderson. What is the asking price? What about this deal where the 49ers and Jaguars swap first round draft picks from 2020? trade from weaknesses, trade from strengths to strengthen their weaknesses on their roster. These guys were picked five picks apart from each other in the 2020 draft. Javon Kinlaw for CJ Henderson, Croc. Do you like this trade idea? Who says no? You know, I mean, when you listed last week, you listed the Jaguars defensive tackle depth. And I really think this makes a lot of sense for both teams. If one team might say no, I'd say it could possibly be the 49ers just because the 49ers might feel like they're comfortable with what they have on the outside with Mosley, with Verrett, with uh, D'Amador Lenore playing well, and then the reserve guy like, you know, Amber Thomas and really Dante Johnson. But, and maybe they just like, no, I mean, we build our team up front, right? We want to be strong in the trenches. But, I mean, the 49ers' defensive tackle depth looks really good there. They got good guys playing in the interior very well, and Kinlaw hasn't been out there. I think this would be a uh, an opportunity for the 49ers to get some long-term uh, assistance at the cornerback position, get some elite talent there on the outside. 
And now, I mean, you're probably going to lose Verrett next year and probably don't want to bank on him being good for too much longer. Now you have a guy that's really good and you just need somebody to be able to play well opposite him. And I, I think that helps him in the long term. But I think if a team does say no, it's the 49ers. But, man, I wouldn't. I think it just makes too much sense. It depends on what's really going on with C.J. Henderson, but he's more available right now than Javon Kinlaw is with all of these pretty minor injuries, but there's enough injuries to keep him off the field at times. Is that going to keep popping up? And we've talked about how deep the 49ers are at defensive tackle, and this is what's going on in the Jaguars roster. So C.J. Henderson's playing behind four guys, essentially, because they gave big money to Shaquille Griffin. He's starting on one side. Then the the sec- the high sec- the first pick in the second round, Tyson, or second pick in the second round, first pick? Tyson Campbell is battling with Trey Herndon on the other side. Then Sidney Jones is also playing in front of C.J. Henderson right now for the Jaguars. Now, C.J. Henderson's playing well, so there's something else going on here. Like, C.J. Henderson should be the starter across from Shaquille Griffin. And that's the thing is C.J. Henderson provides that potential for a team like the 49ers. Present value, even if it's only depth as a backup, but probably he would come in and win a starting job over everybody, you know, not named Verrett. And they have the need with future free agents and Verrett's injury history. Like, it just makes too much sense there. And then if you're asking if the Jaguars need a defensive tackle, here is their defensive tackles right now. And they kind of run a 3-4 hybrid scheme. So they've got a couple of nose types in Malcolm Brown and Jay Tufele. But their sort of big end slash defensive tackles slash three techs are Devon Hamilton, Doug Coston, Kenny Randall, Roy Robertson-Harris, Jihad Ward, Dwayne Smoot, Adam Gotsis, and Taven Bryan. It's not not doing it for a lot of names that I think a lot of listeners out there might have thought I made up. In fact, one of them is made up. See if you can pick which one was made up. Jahide guy? (laughs) No, they're actually they were all real. Those are all real names. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm watching Jaguars right now. C.J. Henderson is not getting the start. Yeah, no, he's he's not. Starting now they have number thirty something out there. I don't know. Is that Tyson Campbell, rookie? Thirty uh, is. Is thirty two or thirty something like that? Thirty two is Campbell. Okay, so that's who it is. That, yeah. So you got Campbell and you got a uh, the kid from uh, Griffin from uh, Seattle. Yeah, twenty six. It's hard to tell them all apart because they all got size. Sidney Jones is twenty one. He's got size. Tyson Campbell's big. Yeah, but no. Uh, so that's an interesting one. Go. I don't know. I C. think C. it Henderson. helps both teams. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't. There's too much unknown with C.J. Henderson, which is why I think the 49ers would say no to that, just because they know Kinlaw, and it's not somebody who's going to be a complete head case. You know. But but listen, you got to do like uh, Bill Belichick does. He gets rid of guys a year before. Yeah, a year you know, too early he, rather than a year too late. Yeah, so you don't want to wait. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to wait and find out later, like, oh, man, you know. I just think the value of what a shutdown corner could give you is more than the value of what Kinlaw is going to be at his height. And I like C.J. Henderson more coming out of school. So I think he's more valuable. Um, He's available now, and Javon Kinlaw isn't. All right, now, so they have C.J. Henderson in now. It looks like when they go to nickel, they bring him in. Still, I mean, for a guy that was drafted that high with that much talent, right. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I'm pretty sure you know he's not happy even with that type of rotation. You got to you got to figure out how to get this guy in there. I think there's an opportunity for the 49ers to trade some defensive tackle anyway, and maybe this injury with uh, 
with Maurice Hurst makes that easier, but they might have to cut two guys or or try to trade a guy because they've just got so much talent on the interior and they're playing fine. Like they're not going to be bad on the interior. Move Armstead inside a little bit more too. So the 49ers can have defensive tackle covered just fine all year long, most likely, and be good there without Javon Kinlaw too. So that's the other the other wrinkle to all this. So I don't know. It was an interesting one. And, and you don't see that stuff often. I, we saw it with uh, the 49ers. How long ago was this? seven years ago was it when AJ Jenkins got traded for John Baldwin two first round wide receivers and then they both were still bad for their new teams too yeah yeah I mean it's not unheard of yeah that was it and that that happened around the same time right that was after training camp year two for AJ Jenkins when he got traded yeah interesting okay James Winston just threw a bomb for a touchdown. It was really weird. It was in like double coverage, and somehow the receiver just still caught the ball. I, I don't know how he did was that. Was Marcus but. Callaway? Number one? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, it could be. Did uh, Callaway have dreads? Yeah, that's him. Yep. That's Callaway. Okay. Wow, that was that, that was crazy yeah, right there how he he's did the, that. The and I remember him at, uh, you know, he was at Tennessee, and I watched him against uh, Eric Stokes. And I was so confused with how this guy was just kind of beating Stokes. And I'm like, Stokes, you're the like, you're the super athlete. How is this guy that's kind of like a bigger guy kind of beating you the way? But shoot, it looks like Callaway's doing it in the NFL as well. I think they really like him. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like he's the the guy to own with Michael Thomas out for the New Orleans Saints at wide receiver in your fantasy football leagues. How about this question from Dylan? I love this one. I retweeted this one yesterday. He said at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker, the Jimmy versus Lance debate is tired. How about Sherfield wide receiver one though? Man, listen, I mean, I don't know about wide receiver one, but I don't know what he is, but this, this is intriguing. Like this is a very interesting and uh, what's the word everybody uses now? Fascinating. It's fascinating to see <laughs> just Trent Sherfield and like the rise of him, a guy who was in Arizona, and we've talked about it, like maybe, you know, the the roster politics kind of got to him or whatever, but just to see what he's doing for the 49ers, the explosive plays when given the opportunities, catching everything that's thrown his way, killed it all throughout camp. You see the attitude. He wants to play special teams. Oh, man, I I don't know. It's, it's I don't, I, I don't want to go out and just, oh, wide receiver one, but he definitely seems ready for whatever they need him to be. And Sanu does look a little slimmer maybe, but he's not like, if you're going to put Ayuk in the slot on third downs, I would rather see Sherfield be the outside guy when you're going three wide than Sanu on the outside, right? So to me, Sherfield's winning the wide receiver three job at least, if that's the way you're going to do it. Now, if you're going to go big slot, you go Sanu there or, uh, or Jennings or, and by the way, Jennings didn't play in that game. Late scratch, Trey Sermon. CEG here on Twitter says, I've got questions about the running back, and I feel like nobody is talking about how underwhelming Sermon looked. Now banged up for preseason game number two. What are are your thoughts on Sermon so far, Croc? I felt like out of the running backs we've seen, because we haven't seen most of in the actual game, uh, Gallman has looked the best. With just the way he's running, he looks fluid, he's in the holes, he looks quick, looks like he has a nice burst. I, I think he's looked the best. Don't spend that's big resources on running back, Croc. That's why. Yeah. Don't do it. I think Sermon will be fine, but I don't think Sermon's going to be a star necessarily. I didn't get that vibe from him, but you can, a lot of running backs can be a star in Kyle Shanahan's offense too. So uh, like you can be a boring looking 
star running back in a Shanahan offense. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. No, nah, that's that's legit. I mean, shoot, I mean, Alfred Morris went for sixteen hundred yards. Yeah, exactly. That perfect, perfect example. And Sermon's got more juice than Alfred Morris. Eh, it's similar. I feel like he's got a little more. I think with 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 Sermon, the, just the way he runs, it's just very Arian Foster like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not something when you watch, go back and watch Arian Foster. You just watch him in games. It it was a very like consistent flow to his run but didn't look like anything special but then yeah. next thing you know i mean he was ripping off some like nice chunk plays yeah so. sort of a patient runner there was like a certain pace to it that was that you know yeah. and, and you see someone like jermichael hasty he's got this burst but sometimes maybe maybe he could help by pulling it back a little bit find that hole then burst you know because it doesn't help you if you're bursting into the back of your offensive lineman <laughs> right i thought sermon ran well it just wasn't sexy I agree. He's fine. Like he He'll did drag fine. guys for like five yards and stuff. He moved piles. Like I, I thought he did a good job. Let me put it this way. I'm drafting Raheem Mostert in my fantasy football leagues. And and Mostert and Sermon are kind of going in the same area. So give for that, for that price, give me Mostert. I had a buddy text me and he said, Hey, he's like, Hey, he is is Sermon is Sermon y'all starter? Is Mostert not the starter? And I was like, as far as I know, Mostert's a starter. He was like, well, why in my drafts is Sermon going higher? I'm like, I don't know, but take Mostert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <At> that price, <laughs> if Sermon goes first, take Mostert. And then yeah. if one of them gets hurt, especially, then the other guy's going to be super valuable. Right. Uh, the, here's an interesting one. An NFL reporter said that there's been talks about a potential trade between the 49ers and Texans for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've heard this a few know. times. I'm like, man, I don't see it. Like, I get the Casario connection because he was a former GM when they drafted Garoppolo in New England. I'm sure he likes Jimmy G. But you're going to pay him $25 million. You already got Tyrod Taylor there. What's, you know, what's really the purpose? And that it, it's, there's just some smoke there. So that one's interesting. I, I don't know if I buy it still, but it's being reported. So I, I want to throw that out there. And by the way, teaser for later on in the week, Brad Spielberger. The capologist for Pro Football Focus is going to join us for a segment, Croc. I just talked to him a few minutes ago before we went on the air to break down the contract of Jimmy Garoppolo, what the 49ers could save if they traded him or cut him before the season or after the season and how much different that could be and just the how crazy it would be for the 49ers to pay $26 million to a backup quarterback if Trey Lance right. is indeed the starter. So that's going to be a future episode probably later on this week. But what do you think, Croc, right now? Because you're saying, let's play Trey – do you trade or cut Jimmy, or do you say no? Let's let's keep them both and just let Garoppolo back up Lance. If I get any decent offer for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm shipping them off. Yeah, I think you have to, right? Yeah, and then uh, obviously it forces you to give Trey Lance all the reps, and he gets to grow into his role. And again, I, I still feel like yeah, you might. I think we all feel more comfortable starting Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do think that there's a a game plan around Trey Lance's abilities that can result in wins so i'm not overly you know worried about having to start a rookie or anything like that you know he's going to go through his ups and downs but i think eventually i mean kyle shanahan he won games with nick mullins and guys that didn't have nearly the amount oh. of talent to be able to create on their own so i think it'd be just yeah. fine. oh and we haven't even seen the problem that trey lance can create as a runner yet and kyle shanahan talked about it. he's like yeah yeah 
he hasn't shown anything yet <laughs> that in preseason games. So that'll be fun too. And the one, the only wrong answer I think when it comes to Garoppolo and Lance is if they don't play Lance all year. That's the only yeah. wrong. I answer. wouldn't cut. I wouldn't cut you. You you, you made that an option. Yeah. There's no way in hell I cut him. Okay. I'd start him before I like you know I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut him. It is a weird dynamic to have $27 million just sitting on the bench. Right. I think with the 49ers injury issues, a lot of fans would be like, nah, man, like we, we can, you know, you have a good backup, but I think that's the, that's the only thing that makes it a little weird. Like nobody wants $27 million sitting on the bench. Right. Period. I don't care and, what the situation is. And, and, and you can roll over some of that salary to next year too. I think that's a big yeah. part of this. So not only would you save Jimmy's next year salary, you would roll over the extra cap space that you saved from moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo now. Yeah. And that's huge. So uh, I want to talk about more of those things with Brad Spielberger later on this week. If you've got any questions, hit me at, on Twitter at BD Peacock, hit Croc at Eric underscore Crocker. we got a winky Wednesday tomorrow, and we'll get you ready for preseason week three, 49ers Raiders. Talk to you then right here, Lockdown 49ers.